Amen. Let's open up our Bibles today to the book of Luke chapter 17. Amen. This is a special time. Uh, we're going into the holiday season. Amen. And uh, uh, it's going to be a, a time of, of lots of food. Amen. And uh, people baking and not baking. Well, maybe some bacon, but baking. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're we're going to kind of get off of course tonight from our um, A Reason of the Hope, Amen, lesson uh, for this month. Uh, we're going to be um, talking about Thanksgiving, Amen. Uh, one of the things that uh, you don't see um, too much of anymore, especially in the times that we're living in, is... Um, an attitude of gratitude. And uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, the times that we're living in and still coming out of COVID. And um, I think people, are, things are different and people are different. Amen. And uh, what we're seeing on TV is different and what we're hearing on the radio is different and what we're uh, listening to on podcasts. Amen. A lot has changed in the last couple of years, amen, and, um, uh, but one thing that should never change, and one thing that we should never lose sight of is our thankfulness, not just to one another, amen, but to the Lord, uh, for all that he has done for us in our life, amen, and, uh, I want to talk to you today along those lines, amen, I've been giving it a lot of thought, and i wrote some stuff down. I'm not going to keep you too long. Amen. Um, but I do want to share this thought that God laid upon my heart today that's out of the book of Luke. It's one of my favorite uh, stories of all the Bible. Amen. Because I can relate to this. In Luke chapter 17. Amen. You can go ahead and put up the title. Amen. We're going to be talking about gratitude tonight gratitude. We're going to be reading out of the book of Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 18. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads like this. The Bible says, while, while traveling to Jerusalem, he, speaking of Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee as he entered a village. The Bible says that he entered a village and ten men with the serious skin disease. Your version probably says lepers. Ten lepers, amen, uh, with serious skin disease met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now when he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told them, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity, Jesus, to hear from you, Lord. We thank you for this time that uh, we could get into your word, Lord Jesus. We ask you to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our souls tonight, Lord. We give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight. Amen. I don't want to take too much time, but I want to talk to you about gratitude. Amen. It's something that uh, we see uh, uh, lacking, amen, in, in, in society, amen, and uh, young people and old people. Amen. And uh, like I was saying in the beginning, that times are different. 
times are really different, you know, and, and I'm not talking about back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm talking about, you know, just in the last couple of months, things have really changed and things are really different. Me, personally, I've noticed that uh, uh, some people are meaner. Can you say amen? I don't know why. Some people just have less patience. Amen. Uh, some people are just walking around now with short fuses. Everything is setting them off. Amen. And uh, um, I think that a lot of times it could be lack of sleep. Amen. But um, obviously, you know, other things also uh, can play a huge role in that. But we're talking about gratitude. Amen. Gratitude uh, means this. And the reason why I, I picked this story, not only because it's a favorite story of mine that I can relate to, because I came, amen, to the Lord with a disease. I came uh, with things going on. I came with uh, things that were wrong in my life. Amen. When you really dissect um, this story, uh, which we're going to do right now, but I want to give you the definition of gratitude. The definition is this. It is the quality of being thankful. Another definition says this. It's readiness to show appreciation for uh, to show appreciation for and to return kindness and so in this portion of scripture that we read the bible speaks about 10 lepers amen that were cast out of the city back in those times we all know the story we've heard it before uh, lepers, when they had a disease, they were cast out of the city. They were not allowed to be there anymore. They weren't allowed to, to be in the city. They couldn't be with their families. Amen. It was a law that they had to be casted out and separated and isolated away from uh, the general population. So that lets me know that these 10 lepers, the Bible doesn't say whether they were married or they had children. All it says is that they were lepers. And because of that, uh, uh, they were put out. They were put out. They weren't able to see their grandkids. They weren't able to go to work. They weren't able to, to uh, uh, be in the city and have a normal life. Amen. They, they couldn't even go to the doctor and, and do certain things. They were kicked out because uh, of this terrible disease, amen, that they had. And so I can relate to that. I can relate to that because I was an outcast at one time. I wasn't allowed in certain areas because of the lifestyle that I lived. I wasn't allowed around certain family members, amen, and certain activities. I wouldn't be invited or certain functions, amen, because of uh, the sickness that I had, the sickness that I was going through in my life. And so I, I can relate to these guys, amen, where, where all the doors were closed and, and there was nobody there to to uh to talk to at times there was nobody there to to uh give you maybe what you needed a a handout or even a hand up amen and so um i i love this story for that reason amen but it's truly powerful it's powerful because it goes along the lines of the definition that i just gave of readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness and it's powerful in a sense because the Bible says that there were 10 men. 10 men that were afar off. And the Bible says that they raised their voice and shouted, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, help me. I'm in a situation that I can't get myself out of. And just like Jesus has done in, in, in so many of our lives, he heeded the call. How many times of our life, in our life, have we, have we cried out to the Lord? Have we asked the Lord to help us with a certain situation? Or, or God, I need you right now. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my family. I need you, my children. I need you in the workplace. And God takes the time to show up where you're at. You see, Jesus was walking into the city. And he heard them from afar off. 
Have you ever yelled at somebody from down the street? Whistled? I don't know how to whistle. I'll yell. Or throw a rock at the car, get your attention. No, I won't throw no rocks at nobody's car. But have you ever raised your voice, whether at work from across the shop or across the warehouse or in the parking lot? You, you know, you're trying to get somebody's attention because you don't want them to leave because you need them. You need them to do something for you or you need something from them or whatever it is. And that was the case with these guys. They saw an opportunity that they couldn't let go. They saw an opportunity that they couldn't let pass by. They knew who was walking. How do we know that? They called him by name. They said, Jesus, we need healing over here. I want to get back to my family. I want to get back to my job. I want to go back home to my wife. I want to hold my grandkids. I want to live a normal life. Jesus was the only one that could help. And so that's powerful right there. That's powerful right there because, again, I remember the day that I called on Jesus. I remember the day that I couldn't get myself out of that situation. I remember the day that I needed somebody greater than me to get me out of my situation. And so these guys right here, there were 10 of them. They got the attention of Jesus, and Jesus doesn't leave them. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm going to come back, or I'll circle back around to you. I got another uh, situation. Jesus was one of those guys. He was a multitasker. How many of you are multitaskers? That You can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's not a lot of people that can walk and chew gum at the same time. They trip. Amen. There's some people that don't know how to multitask, and it's not a bad thing. Amen. I'm not saying that it is, but all I'm saying is that Jesus you would, would go on the road and, and deal with many things at the same time. And we saw that with the lady with the issue of blood, amen, where, where, where the, 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 the uh, Jairus' daughter or Jairus' uh, had come to Jesus and, and told Jesus, hey, my, my daughter is dying. I need you to come to my house, amen, because I know that you can bring her back. I know that you can heal her. I know that you can fix the situation. So will you come to my house? And Jesus said, yeah, no problem, man. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help. Whatever you need, let's go. And on their way there, the woman with the issue of blood got some attention. Now, I like that Jairus didn't say, hey, get away, man. I, my, my situation is more important than yours. You got to wait your turn. And so I like that Jesus didn't go into the city. He didn't blow them off. He didn't ignore them. He turned around and went to them. Has Jesus come to you? Has he met you where you're at? Has he met you where you're at in your time of need? That's what Jesus does when you call on him. And so it's powerful right here because they call on him and he goes over there and you know what he does? He gives them their life back. He restores their health. He gives them what they needed. He fulfills the need. And you know what is so powerful that goes along the lines of the definition that I gave? Readiness to show appreciation for and to turn and to return kindness. Remember, we're talking about gratitude. Okay? The Bible says that one of them turned back. One of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice began to give glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus didn't have to heal him. 
Remember, Jesus was a Jew. He didn't have to go back. He didn't have to do nothing for them, but he did. And you know the most powerful thing about this is? Is that there were 10. Everybody say 10. There were 10, and only one of them went back. Only one out of 10 was thankful, showed the appreciation. Showed the gratitude for what God had done in his life. And that is so powerful because I can't imagine me not. You know, we're, we're, we show our appreciation to people, right? We show our gratitude to people. When somebody does something for you, you go out of your way. Can you say amen? Right? We go out of our way to do things for people that do stuff for us. And, and, and you know what? We do things for people that don't do. How many of you do things for people that don't do things for you? <laughs> amen? We, probably, we go out of our way. It's a Christian duty, but we do it, Brother Greg, because we're thankful and we have gratitude because once we were in need, once we needed God, once we were in our mess, once we needed to be tended to, and God came and met that need. And so what do we do? We're so thankful to God that we don't hesitate. We don't even think about it. You know, it doesn't matter how tired we are. It doesn't matter how much it's going to cost me. It doesn't matter my time, my resources, uh, my money, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes we even put our families to the side to go tend to other people. And we don't do it for recognition. We don't do it because we want the kudos or the attaboy or I'm going to do this for you, but I need you to do this for me. No, we do it because there was a time in our life that we yelled out and we needed something and Jesus fulfilled that need. And so because we have an attitude of gratitude, we we don't hesitate to go the extra mile for somebody. And you know, I've been blamed for it before, Brother Greg and, and Brother Oscar. I've been blamed. Man, you do so much, or you do this, and you do that, and that person, that person talks about you, that person does this, and that person. But you know what? I don't do it for that. I do it because I was a leper at one time. And God gave me my life back. He restored my life. I went back home. These guys, they were stuck out there, left to die. And God came in and turned their life around. And there was just one guy. Man, I was mad. I was If I was Jesus, I would have been mad. You know, you do things for people and, and not that you expect something in return, but don't talk about me. Don't say things if you know that I'm the kind of guy that will give my shirt off of my back. Don't talk about me after that, after you've taken advantage of me. Don't talk about me. Isn't that right? I mean, we, we get like that sometimes, right? Like, man, I can't believe that individual is doing that or treating me that way when I gave and I didn't even have to. I did, and I didn't even have to. I went out of my way, and I didn't even have to. Amen. And so the Bible says that one of them came, and he showed his appreciation by glorifying God, by throwing himself down at Jesus' feet. And that's powerful because the opposite of that, we all know what the opposite of gratitude is, right? It's ingratitude. It's lack of gratitude. It's lack of thankfulness. It's lack of appreciation. 
It's not being ready to show appreciation for and to return kindness. That's what an in uh, that's what an unthankful individual looks like. That's what an unthankful person looks like. Somebody that will not appreciate. Somebody that is never ready to show kindness. Somebody that is, is, is not willing to do for Jesus what Jesus has done for you. Or for me. I thank the Lord that every one of us that is sitting here today is one of those one. Is not one of the nine. Because again, we all know, how many of you know what ungratefulness looks like? How many of you have ever experienced it in your life? How many of you have ever experienced an unthankful person or individual or situation in your life? Where you've done all you could, you've given all you could, you've been there, you've made the sacrifices, you've been kind, you've been nice, but it didn't yield any fruit from the other individual. Can you say amen? And so uh, this past Sunday, we spoke about Israel and we spoke about the exile of Egypt and how their gratitude quickly ran out. The reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because we're going into the month of, we're in the month of Thanksgiving. And one of the traditions that we have in our home uh, is uh, before we dismiss ourselves from the table, we have an opportunity where everybody that is sitting around the table gives thanks. And one by one, every person at the table starts to talk about what they're thankful for. And whether it's they're thankful uh, because of the family or they're thankful because of their job or they're thankful because of their promotion or they're thankful because of their new vehicle or they're thankful because they had a, a breakthrough in their marriage or they God showed up right on time, amen, or God did something or or a healing, whatever it was, we made it known. Being thankful. Because it was God that took us out of our situation. And this past Sunday, we spoke about Israel and the exile of Egypt and how their gratitude quickly ran out. You know, for these guys right here, after they got healed, they forgot really quick. They never came back to say thank you. They never came back to appreciate the Lord. They never came back to do nothing. They didn't, they didn't come and worship Him. They didn't come and praise Him. They didn't come nothing. Nothing. I just, I got what I needed from the Lord. And because I got what I needed, when I needed it, I don't need him no more. And there are a lot of people, there are a lot of believers that are serving the Lord that way. That are only coming to the Lord and yelling out in their time of need, in their time of desperation. And, and, and we know God, God's going to show up. He's true to his word. He's not a liar. He says, if you call on me, I'll be there. If you have a problem, tell me about it. He says, cast your cares on me. And so we're quick to cast our cares on the Lord. And we're quick to pray about it. And that's what we should do. We should be quick to do those things. But what happens when God moves? 
what about next week? And what about next month? And what about when we're not in a situation? What about when the marriage is good? What about when the kids are obedient? What about when the job is flowing? What about when, the, when, when there's steak on the table? What about those times? Are we running to Jesus still and, and, and showing our appreciation and, and being thankful and, and being in worship and being in praise and, 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 and lifting up holy hands unto him and and doing certain things for God are we doing that or is it only when God does something for us because I can tell you right now church God doesn't have to do anything else for me anything at all he's already done enough he's already done more than enough he's done so much that I owe him my time he's done so much that I owe him my resources. He's done so much for me that I owe him everything that I have and everything that I'll ever have. He gave me my life back. And you know what? There's something about that that it doesn't matter. There's no price tag on that. I can't ever get to a point, Brother Greg, where, where I'm five years in or I'm 10 years in or I'm 15 years in and sit back and say, you know what, Jesus, I think I already paid you back. I think we're even. We're even. So you go ahead and go your way and I'm going to go ahead and go my way. We cannot put a price tag on it. Why? Because not only are we being blessed here, while we're on earth, what did Peter say? Peter went up to him all mad one day and goes, hey, Lord, what's happening, man? I left my wife. I left my family. I left my children. I left my job. Where are these blessings that you said we were going to have? I'm walking around with the same chanclas. I'm walking around with the same with, with holes in my sock. Well, you said we were going to be blessed. And if you read the scripture, you'll see that Jesus was a little upset. He turned around and he goes, hey, you know what? Let me tell you something. I know you did those things. I know you left your livelihood. I know you left your wife. I know you left your family. I know you left your parents. I know you left your life behind. And you're going to be blessed. But not only are you going to be blessed on earth, but you're going to be blessed with eternal life. And so we have to be very careful because when we don't start seeing, when we start looking at the cup half empty instead of half full, then we start to lose our gratitude. We start to lose our thankfulness. God, how come you haven't filled the empty space in my cup? How dare you? All that I do all that I give, and my cup is still empty. And so when we start looking at what we don't have is when we start losing our gratitude in the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. And that's what happened with Israel. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Amen. And I wanted to bring this out at the beginning of the month because this is the time, church. This is the time. And, and you know what? It shouldn't even just be because it's Thanksgiving month. It should be every day in our life. We should be thankful all the time. You know, Christians don't have to go to Magic Mountain. They don't have to go to Disneyland or SeaWorld. They don't have to go to the happiest place on earth to be happy. I don't know why they say that Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Isn't that what they say? It's the most expensive, miserable place on earth. You're going to go over there and you're going to come back broke. Amen. I don't know who said come to the most happiest place and you get there's $100 a head just to, just to, just to park. It costs you 30 40 bucks. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad place. I've never been. I've never been. But you see, I, I, don't, I don't need those things to be happy. 
I don't need to to have a brand new house. I don't need to have a, a brand new truck. Although they're nice to have. It's nice. I wasn't born uh, with those things, and I didn't experience those things growing up, and, and I don't knock them. I love nice things. I love to have nice things. I work hard so that I can have nice things, and, and nice things are great. They're wonderful, but those things don't make me happy. What makes me happy is that I can get up every day in good health, sometimes semi-good health, but I get up and I'm full of the Holy Ghost and I have my, my, my conversation with the Lord and I spend my day with the Lord and I, I have my wife, I have my family, I have things that matter and things that are important. Amen. And so when we start to look at what we don't have, oh, I don't have a, a, a you know, a, a a, a car, uh, un carro del año, you know, the car of the year. I don't have this 5,000 square foot home or, or I'm not making 30 bucks an hour and you're walking around all mis miserable. You're missing it. You're missing, you're missing the mark. You're missing it. Because money does not bring joy. Money does not bring pre peace. Bible says that I, my peace I give unto you, not like the world gives it. And so many times we're, we're looking to the world for satisfaction and we're looking to, to the world for, for, uh, uh, for, for peace and for joy and we're looking for the world for happiness when our happiness should be in this. It should be in God. And so when we start, we, we, let me, let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 14, because Israel completely missed the mark. Completely missed it. In chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, the Bible says that the whole community broke into loud cries. How many people were there in the Exodus? Do you know? Over 3 million. That's a whole lot of people. You know, my granddaughter comes over the house sometimes. And she loves to scream. And, and for me, it doesn't bother me. I'm cool. Baby screaming. I know. Let her scream. Let her scream it out. Stretch those lungs. Hack it out. No, we got to pick her up. No, you don't. Let her scream. Scream herself to sleep. You say, man, grandpa's mean. But that's just one person that can probably get on somebody's nerves. Like, man, somebody needs to take care of that baby. You know, I've been in churches where a baby screams, and right away there's 10 ushers. Hey, you need to get the baby, get up, go outside in the parking lot and watch service from outside. People walk out, and they never come back. Amen. That's why I'm patient. Right? But can you imagine hearing 3 million people weeping? Can you imagine being in the middle of three million people and they're all crying? It says this, then the whole community broke into not just regular crying, but loud crying. <laughs> three million people do that. I know that was annoying. I'm going to go home and do it. I'm going to go home and do that when I get home. That was just one cry. Can you imagine three million, more than three million? The Bible says, the whole community broke into loud cries and the people wept that night. It says, all, everybody say all. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron. They complained about the leaders. And the whole community told them, Three million people came and told Aaron and Moses something. 
If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and little children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? They wanted to go back. That's what we were talking about on Sunday. There are people that God has delivered from whatever it is. Doesn't have to be the same things that he delivered me from. Doesn't have to be the same things that he delivered Pete from or Greg from or Oscar or Sister Soraya. We all come with a different testimony. God has done something different in every one of our lives. But nevertheless, we're here because God did something. Amen. That's why we're here. Because God did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. But look at what verse 4 says. They said to one another, let's appoint a leader to lead us back to Egypt. They were looking for some, hey, will you lead me back to Egypt? Hey, will you lead me back to Egypt? Hey, will, will you lead me back to the world? Will, will you lead me back? Oh, he looks like a strong leader over there. He'll lead us back. They completely forgot what God had done for them. And there are a lot of people walking around today that have forgotten what God has brought them out of. There's a lot of people today that are walking around and have forgotten what God has done for them in their life. Maybe it wasn't, maybe you think that it, it wasn't significant enough. Well, it wasn't, God really didn't do much. He didn't do some, but maybe he did something in your husband's life. Maybe he did something in your wife's life. Maybe he did something in your child's life. Or maybe he did something in your mom or your dad's life. And I don't know about you, but I know that God did something in my mom's life. And I know God did something recently in my nephew's life. And I'm thankful for that. I show my gratitude for that. Can you say amen? Amen. And so I can't imagine what Moses and Aaron were going through. I was thinking about that today. And I was like, hmm, wonder what. So this is classic behavior. This, what we read, is classic behavior of an individual, of a leper, that God healed and forgot. Forgot that God healed. Forgot that God provided. Forgot that God delivered and restored. And as believers, we can't forget. We should be the most grateful. We should be the most thankful. Because once we were lost, and then He found us. Amen. And He found us all in a different place. Nevertheless, He found us, and He delivered us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's go to the first book of Thessalonians real quick. This is powerful stuff because we have to be very careful that we're not just being thankful in the month of Thanksgiving. This should be a way of life for us. This should be a, a, a lifestyle that we wake up every morning and, and, and we thank God. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for opening my eyes this morning? Or thank you for another day of life. Although you get up, you're tired and you're probably beat up and you're probably stressed out and have a lot of things going on. And, and maybe you're, you woke up an hour before the alarm clock and you're already thinking about your job. You're already thinking about this. And you're, you're just waiting for your phone to ping. Amen. Somebody just called off. And you're just like, oh, my God. And you don't even want to check your phone because you know somebody called off. That's how I am on Sundays. Ping. There's one. Ping, there's two. Ping, there's three. Honey, three families aren't showing up to church today. She's all, stop saying that. And sure enough, I look at the phone and three families not showing up to church. But how many of us have that with our job? Amen. And I get it. You know, people get sick. People have, you know, things happen. I get it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verses 12, kind of missed this. 
just being able to talk to you guys and go over scripture. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 12 through 22. The Bible says this. It says, now we ask you, brothers, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. He says, be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know what? You want to know what God's will is for you? There's a lot of people saying, I'm still searching for the will of God. I'm still waiting for God to answer me. What does God want me to do? I'm still trying to find myself. Somebody told me recently, Pastor, I'm still trying to find myself. Really? You're still trying to find yourself? And I sent this scripture over to that individual and uh, um, still haven't heard back, but... You want to know what the will is, what God's will is for your life? It's to do these things. It's to be at peace among yourself. It's to exhort. It's to warn those who are irresponsible. It's to comfort the discouraged. It's to help the weak. It's to be patient with everyone. It's to see that you don't pay evil for evil. To always pursue what is good for one another and for all. It's to rejoice. It's to pray constantly. It's to give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then he says this. So don't quench the spirit. How do we quench the spirit? When we don't do these things. When we repay evil for evil, when we're not being thankful for, what, for where we're at or what we have or for what God has done for us. That's how we quench God's spirit. And that's what he's saying. Don't do that. Be at peace, not just with yourself, but be at peace with others. Be at peace. You know, how is it, uh, uh, us married couples, I can say this because it happens to me sometimes. How is it that we can be at peace and we can be so accepting and we can be so loving and we can be so patient with our employees, but we don't have any of that in our own marriage? Where we're quick to fly off the handle at our wife or our, at, our, at our husband. But, oh, it's all right, bro. It's okay. You can, you know, go ahead and take the weekend off. I'll go ahead and cancel my plans with my wife and I'll work for you. Or it's okay to do this or it's okay to do that. You know, but, but then the minute our husband or our wife is, I got to go do this, right? Ah! Something happens. We need, to bring, we need to bring some of that home. And you say amen. Speaking to myself right now. We need to bring some of that home. Because we're supposed to be like that with everybody. With everybody. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. But test all things. Hold on to what is good. And stay away from every kind of evil. This right here is the conduct of someone that is grateful to God. Can you say amen? Because you know when someone is thankful towards you. You know when someone has gratitude towards you. They appreciate you. They, they do things for you. And so my message tonight is simple. My message tonight is very simple. And I know that you're probably saying, man, this is not normal for pastor to do this. But it's simply this. Do we show 
the same gratitude towards the world and towards others, towards God? That hit me today really hard. It hit me today really hard because you know what, Brother Greg? I'll go out of my way for people. I'll, I'll, I'll work myself to the bone for people. I'll give everything that I have. But God wants to know if I'll do the same for him. Will you give me everything you got? Will you give me your time? Will you make sacrifices for me? Will you go out of your way for me the way you do for them? And I think that that's something that we all need to sit back and take inventory and reflect on. Because I think that we can miss the mark when it comes to the Lord and forget that it's not us that makes it happen. It's Him that makes it happen. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. As we close tonight. I want to, again, I just wanted to share a very, very simple but powerful message tonight. Because when I don't, as a pastor of the church, and I'm sure some leaders, and, and, and let's take it outside of the, of, of the church. Let's take it into, into the workplace. I, I like to use the workplace a lot. You know when your employees are operating in a spirit of gratitude. Because when employees operate in a spirit of gratitude, they make it their mission. To do their job 110%. Because they're grateful for the job. They're grateful for the opportunity. They're grateful because that job provides your needs. It provides your home. It provides your, your, your medical insurance. It provides your, your vehicles. It provides food for your children and for you and for clothes. It, it provides livelihood. And so we give our jobs our all. We don't complain about the overtime. As a matter of fact, we sign up for it. But are we doing the same for the Lord? Are we reflecting that same gratitude? Are we reflecting the same gratitude to the provider? of that job to the provider of our health to the provider of our well-being to the provider of our to the provider of our salvation above all our salvation the Bible says that these things are going to wither away and be scorched like a flower in the sun and the wind's going to come and blow them away but eternity is forever And so that hit me super hard was just simply that. Can we show Jesus Christ the same gratitude that we do a lot of things? In Psalms 100, you don't have to go there, but with this we're going to pray real quick and then we're going to dismiss
Psalms 100 says, Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Christians should be the most happiest people on earth. We should. We shouldn't be a miserable people. If we're a miserable people, we need to go to the Lord and find out why. Maybe we're missing something. Because it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Do we come to the Lord with a joyful song? Acknowledge that He is God. He made us, and we are His, His people, the sheep of His pasture. He says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For God is good and His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Let's be thankful, church, for what we have. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you, Lord, and we just thank you so much for allowing you to speak to our hearts tonight, Jesus. Continue speaking to us, Lord. Never leave us to ourselves. Never leave us alone in our own thoughts, in our own head, in our own minds. Father, I pray that everyone would just cast down all imaginations, all thoughts that go contrary to your word. Lord, and that we, we, we would think noble things and honorable things and pleasant things, and we would hold on to what is good and what is edifying so that you can receive the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name.